it's so much more crowded than we realize uh, or, or, or crowded, but like also not crowded because there's just such a high volume of people. I think, you know, it's like 8 billion people in the world now. And Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today, we're chatting it up with somebody whose content I have been consuming for probably close to two years now, and that is Sean Cannell. Okay, this guy's got a couple different YouTube channels across the two. He's got over a million subscribers. Those are video influencers and think media, where he's teaching people how to um, really take control of a video content and really produce some very high quality video content for their business in order to reach more people and have a greater impact. So on the show today, we're talking about how you can begin to implement video content into your business and how if you are somebody like a YouTube creator or even like somebody in the e-commerce space, you can begin to take advantage of video content to grow your business. And we're talking about the YouTube algorithm. We're talking about exactly the things that you need to be focusing on. Sean knows a lot about this space. Again, he's been making on online videos. He's been in the video creation space rather for 16 years. Okay, He got started in 2003, got started on YouTube in 2007. So this guy's got a few reps under his belt when it comes to online video. He has a ridiculous amount of information to provide to you. And he's somebody who, who really has a good perspective when it comes to talking to young people. Okay, He's 35 years old right now. So he's had some time to reflect on his 20s and what he would have done differently or the things that he did that he, that he sees now were extremely effective in bringing him to where he's at today. So if you're a younger listener who's at all interested in creating video content, this is going to be an amazing, amazing episode for you. I'm very excited for you to hear it from Sean. Again, he drops a ridiculous amount of wisdom throughout the interview. We even ended up going a little bit long because he just had so much amazing value to provide. So I'm super stoked for you to hear from him. So again, wherever you are listening to the podcast from right now, whether you're commuting to work, whether you're walking to class, whether you are at the gym right now, I want you guys to sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money with my man, Sean Cannell. All right, Sean, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Dude, I'm fired up, super pumped to be on the show. Man, I'm stoked to be here with you today. So, Sean, our listeners got to hear a little bit about you in the intro, but for those of them that aren't as familiar with who Sean Cannell is and what you're currently working on right now, could you give us a quick like 60 to 90 second snapshot of where you are right now? Yeah, my passion is to help people build their influence with YouTube and online video. I got my start back in video back in 2003. My first YouTube channel that I was dabbling on was 2007. So I've been in the game for a long time, you know, made a lot of mistakes, uh, took a lot of the wrong paths, but then continued to look for all the answers, studied everything. And today we have, uh, you know, I don't know, 80 million views total between our channels, over a million subscribers. We've also built a seven-figure business. Um, just that's myself, a team of eight of us here in Las Vegas um, that have built a media education company. And so um, YouTube and online video are different things we teach on, but we have multiple streams of income. But one of the big ones now is helping people with like courses and events um, and like masterminds and things to really learn how to master video and the final thing I'd say is it's because video is king. And I think uh, not only was it, uh, you know, I developed a skill so I could really help and, and help other people, but video is king right now. Every social media network, Instagram has got live video stories, embedded videos, IGTV, LinkedIn now is video and live video. Of course, YouTube, Facebook. Video is 
the predominant force, Social Media Examiner found out that it's people's content format of choice. So any entrepreneur, young hustler, any intelligent individual living on today's, you know, on planet Earth should be thinking about how they should be leveraging video to build their influence faster. Absolutely. And I'm super stoked to dive in to exactly how um, our listeners can get started with that. But before we do, I like to start all the shows by sort of flashing back in time um, because we have a younger audience here. So I want you to talk a little bit about your middle school and high school years. I think it's always very informative to hear about where, where different guests got started. So as, as a middle schooler, high schooler, were you somebody that took school very seriously? Were you already getting involved with different entrepreneurial projects? Were you into sports, music? What did that time period look like for you? You know, I wasn't. And so actually, it's, it's incredible what you're doing. And it's an honor to be on this podcast, because I'm inspired when I see young people that have already captured vision, that are already on mission that have clarity. For me, I was I was kind of wandering and didn't have a lot of purpose all throughout middle school and high school, um, started to like party a lot and like just drugs and, and just everything. And, and, and didn't really have any ambitions. And for me, actually, um, I, it was actually a God encounter, to be honest, it was in church, I never thought I'd find myself there. And it was it wasn't until I was 21. You know, if I go back, I didn't get I got decent grades, I just kind of like, just joked my way through school, experimented on sports, never was really good at any of them. And, you know, I, I was also kind of an outcast though. And so I think, I mean, I, I had friends at, at some point, but I just, as I was an only child, uh, eventually my parents got remarried. I had some step siblings, but all to say is I kind of, I just hadn't found my thing, my lane. And I always felt like I was sort of the odd, odd duck out. Hmm. Um, but I think that how that's influenced to today is it's been powerful because um, there is a lot of, you need to be able to stand alone as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, everyone's trying to fit in, but the way to succeed is to stand out and be different. And so I think some of those things helped me, but yeah, it wasn't until 21 when in church, there's kind of a God encounter and then mentors. That's when I started to get into personal development and I started to, uh, I got a vision for my life. I, I, you know, I was like, I'm created for a purpose. So then I started to, to just put in put in the work. And so I was volunteering as an intern at a church. And that was my background in video. It was in 2003 then that a youth pastor handed me a video camera and said, hey, start making video videos for the youth group. And uh, your first videos are your worst videos. Of course, they were terrible. But like what I'm doing today in video, like that was the seeds back then. And uh, it was pretty much nonstop. Like there was like a fire lit in my heart, in my spirit. And I've been grinding since then with out of passion and grinding. I mean, of course there's sacrifice seasons, but, mm. but like once I got clarity, once I got vision, um, I, I mean, I wandered, I hit dead ends, but I, once I discovered like, oh man, you can level up, you can learn anything. Like your tomorrow could be different if you do something different today. And so personal development conferences, serving as an intern at a church that put me into leadership situations teamwork situations, high pressure situations, pressure makes diamonds, and just triggered in my life, like getting in the game. And, and then I look back and there's been so many different things that have happened, but that was sort of like the inception point um, back around the time I was 21. Huh. So what was that vision like at first? Like where, where did you think you were going and, and has that changed over time? So what I knew it was, was I discovered that I, I, I knew I started having clarity, like a picture. I like to encourage people, you might get a picture of, of well, that's what vision is. It's yeah. like a picture of your prefer, preferred future, but sometimes you see it in other people. And so 
I was in a church. And so I was exposed to communicators and there was part of me that was like, okay, I, I know something like that has to do in my future. You know, when you're just starting, you might not have a clear vision, but it's nice to have a North star. Your life still may be foggy. Of course, there's still going to be a storm on the journey, but at least you're headed due North and you might have detours, but at least you're headed due North. So I started to understand why well, I know it has to do with communication. I started to discover because I was in church too, that I had a passion for teaching. By the way, I make my living basically teaching today. So, so those skills were kind of coming out, teaching, speaking, communication. And then I think that it's so important to have real people in your life that can speak into your life that are further ahead because a lot of times we can't see for ourselves. Mm. So that's why I said mentors because I just had people where the, I actually had people telling me like, oh, I had a, Jeff Morris, my youth pastor, said, you're going to write books one day. And now I got a book, YouTube Secrets. <laughs> now, this was like 15 years ago. That's someone speaking into my future and, and I could see something in me. So then social media hadn't even really started. But some of the age old things that all of us do if we're, we're on the, the hustle, if you want to win in life, you got to know how to communicate. And essentially, it's that communication. So then over the years, when I came to personal, I remember buying CDs off eBay of like uh, Jim Rohn and Chris Wider and all these like old, mm. it, was, it was all about communication and speaking. So once I got clarity, then I started focusing on skill development. So I started saying, okay, I wanna grow as a communicator, get better at my skills. And I was always trying to level up and pursue mastery and excellence. But like, uh, yeah, that was, it was that North. And then so what I also thought was initially, I thought it'd be in the church arena. Yeah. Uh, but then I realized as, as life progressed, I was like, wow, well, no, the world's a lot bigger. Like social media, I started to discover some that I had some real skill and like competency, not just at creating video content. But once I started to learn how to rank videos, I found that I, I eventually stumbled on marketing basically because some marketers hit me with some Facebook ads and I started to, and, and, and I was following my passion, right? For example, not to take, you know, to just rant so much, but like, uh, when it comes to video, for example, there's so many, there's like a hundred distinctions underneath that. So even when you find your passion, like you might find your passion for speaking, but that could mean so many different things. Is it online? Is it at corporate events? Or is it at like hype leadership events? What is it in a youth? Like there's so many different platforms in video. I learned, I don't really want to shoot wedding videos and I don't want to do small business videos. And actually, but I do like this kind of not that like there's so many nuances. And so as life progressed, I discovered marketing. I was like, okay, this whole kind of marketing, communication, and I discovered kind of entrepreneurship strategy. And it became to a lot of things that is probably summarized very much on like your show, like entrepreneurs. I realized that that was like truly something that had been placed in me and, and that's been unfolding since that time. Mm. I love it. So did you have a period of where you were like experimenting with all these different styles of video from like wedding, like wedding videography to like different styles? Or was it kind of just you, you fell into to YouTube and social media? Yeah, that's what make, I think makes me pretty lethal today. Because the first thing was I was like doing a bunch of church video announcements. And then they were like, hey, we need to like tell a bunch of people stories and interview a bunch of people. And so now I'm micing people up. I'm putting lighting up. And then they're like, this needs to be almost like a mini documentary. And this back in like 2006. Then I start my business. I, I actually took a loan out. I'm waiting tables at Red Robin. I took a loan out of like 10 G's to buy a video editing PC, a DSLR, all the gear. And I started just doing different things. But one of my passions was to like sharpen 
my skills across the board. So I had like a local hip hop artist uh, in Seattle hire me for music videos. Then I'm doing wedding videos. Then I'm doing like weird videos for like small town Mexican restaurants. <laughs> and so like I, it was, it, but all of those different styles of formats made me so freaking lethal at video, man. Cause I've just done it. I went to leadership conferences, started working with other um, authors and speakers and like, so I'm doing B-roll and kind of doing vlogs. Yeah. And we started an interview show. Back in 2010, we started a thing called Think International. Now today people know video influencers, but that was like an interview show with a lot of uh, kind of nonprofit leaders and faith-based leaders. So I was like sharpening the freaking ax in all types of different moments of my life. And one thing I'd also, I think would add value to your community a friend of mine, Ken Coleman, is coming out with a book called The Proximity Principle. Hmm. What it's about is that like the best thing you could do to level up in life and like accomplish your dreams, you know, young, smart money is get around the people doing what it is you want to do. So I mentioned going to those leadership conferences. Once I identified there was a guy, his name's Dr. Dave Martin, speaker, author, speaks all around the world. I actually really wanted to work for him. I heard him speak once. And like freelance or whatever, because I was like, he's doing what I want to do. Like yeah. I'm writing books. He's and so imagine, and actually eventually like it took years. We shot an interview with them, a year passed, but eventually I ended up running to him at an event, having the boldness to kind of pitch him like I could help you with some of your social media. And I got this chance to work with them. But my point was I didn't care about the money, I cared about the education. And eventually I moved from Seattle to Las Vegas to work at a larger church. Same thing. I wasn't concerned with my salary. I was concerned with what I could learn in educational, uh, organizational leadership, running a team. That church had one of the best communicators as well in the world, Benny Perez, author, speaker. So these environments, the proximity principle leveled me up. And I was intentional to put myself in those environments, putting myself around other videographers or putting myself in projects that stretch me that I was kind of scared of, again, leveled me up because I was, I was, I was diving in in full immersion. Mm. So talk to like the 16, 17, 18 year old listener right now who wants to get themselves into those kind of environments, who wants to find people who are going to help them level up. Where are some of the best places that either you went or you would advise someone to go in, in today's day and age to find that kind of environment? Well, I mean, it depends on how autonomous you are. So, I mean, if you're 16 and you're like, you know, I wish I could leave the house. Well, you better have the, the chops and the money to do that. Yeah. But, uh, but what I would say initially is like, it's probably what you're already doing. I mean, if you're already listening to young, smart money, you're already really smart. Like you're already thinking about personal development, thinking about your future. So I applaud you for doing that. What I would say is you, if you identified someone and you want to do what they do, identify like it might be Casey Neistat right it could be like uh Taylor Swift it could literally be whoever study their entire life like study because there's so much you could just learn like they can mentor you and they'll never know it mm. and of course some people write books but it's like watch devour their library of of content study their body of work and that's a way if you're 16 17 if, if you could get your hands on like Seriously, self-education, uh, same as a book. There's online courses. You probably know, I mean, whatever, it's, it, things come and go, but, you know, crypto was here or, you know, th like people, I think, in Young Smart Money know that, like, that is, it's smart to go with a proven expert that's done something that can teach you a system and you could start getting you, like, results right then. As soon as you're 18, though, and you're able to have some autonomy, I think I would just 
identify five to 10 to 15 people that you respect from what you know about them and, and look at the possibility of going and interning um, or of, of just getting a job too. I mean, just get in the room. Um, you know, there's different guys in the entrepreneur space like a Gary V or like a, a Grant Cardone. And these guys, you know, when you, they'll even tell how it happens. I mean, people will like fly to New York, they'll fly to Miami. They'll be like, yo, can I grind? And they'll put in as much hustle as they can. But they're smart because they just realize that there actually is no faster way, in my opinion. Books are amazing. Courses are great. You know, endless YouTube videos, just free content like Google. It's all good. Practice in your own city. Even get around like a local business owner. Because sometimes you want to go work for Grant Cardone. Go, go try to intern for someone in your city that's doing top line, eight-figure top line revenue this next year. You're going to learn so much from just being in a real business. But I think there's, there is no faster way to grow than to get in proximity, to get as close to that individual and get immersed in the culture and in the environment of, of a business and, and don't give up because I think I come from a small town. So it's like super hour North of Seattle and my small town made me small minded for it really did. Mm. And, and so I, I didn't know, like I wanted to do all this. I didn't really know what to do, but I just was, I did my best where I was. I leveled up where I was. I, I didn't, I wasn't like making excuses where I was uh, and then, you know, just saying like whatever, but I was hustling where I was. And I'll go into the story because I think it'll add value to that, yeah. like your exact audience is uh, towards the end of that church season, right? 2003 to 2009, I was volunteering and then I was part-time staff at this church. Towards the end of that period, some of the senior leadership stole some money. The church was starting to grow, blow up. Stuff got super weird and the whole thing came tumbling down. And so I'm waiting tables. I'm trying to do my, my business, but I'm in a small town. This is not LA. This is not where filmmakers are. There's no YouTube meetups, like whatever, right? So I know someone listening might be like, oh yeah, well, I'm in a small town or like I don't have access to resources, but whatever. What I could have done during that period was I could have complained. I could have just sulked. I could have just looked at the limitations. I could have just focused on mindless entertainment uh, instead of like continuing to learn. But what I ended up doing was starting a YouTube channel with that youth pastor, Jeff Morris, who now we're like just independent. We're just like two dudes. And we just did something. And what we did was we started to like create content. It was an interview show. So what you're doing super smart because you probably learned like, just was you talk to people, as you connect to people, you rub shoulders, stuff happened. We just got in the game. So we just started shooting videos on our own time, with our own money, with our own gear, with our own gas, to drive four hours to Canada, to just get a 10 minute, like to really hustle. But what it did was it just started a domino effect. And we didn't know what was gonna like break out for us, but we just wanted to be smart and put out you know, a lot of outputs, like just massive action. And then but that one of those interviews was Dr. Dave and a year later, and it was that project that then I was actually starting to work with YouTubers, the co-founder of Video Influencers, Benji. I met him in the same small town. That's like a whole nother story. <laughs> but we started a freelance and a project, I started a freelance videography uh, stuff for him. A project brought us to Vegas, did that for a while. Uh, Friday, Saturday, brought my wife. And then on Sunday, visited a mega church here. That was like way out of, if you were like career-wise, uh, 
you know, the church I was at was like 300. This church is like 3000. And, and I had a chance and they're like, we're kind of looking for a social media person, a communications person. Dude, I didn't go to school. I didn't have any formal education. Uh, I'm a college dropout, I should say. And, and he said, you know, what do you have to show for this position? Like, what do you have? What, like, why do you think you could do this position? I'm like, well, I've never done it before at, a, at an environment this size. But me and Jeff built this YouTube channel called Think International. It's 10,000 subscribers. And I've been pumping out content and learning titles. And we've been pumping out an email newsletter. I had actually just been doing on my own initiative, basically many of the skill sets that they wanted to hire for. And then he goes, okay, and boom, all of a sudden I got this, if you will, leveled up promotion that then put me into a new environment around rock stars at another level that just began to stretch me and grow me. So all I'm saying is when I was in that small town, I was hustling and I didn't know what like the breakout was, but then I broke out, if you will, uh, when by just taking massive action, continuing to level up my skills, grow my skills, get better, take every opportunity, not every door stayed open. I got a lot of doors shut in my face, but it's been like, I think the progression since then that has uh, led where we are today. Mm, absolutely. And that massive action is so, so important. Even if you don't know like where the end goal is going to be, just getting those skills acquired and being able to implement those in any environment that you go into is, is huge, especially at a young age. Um, if you can make yourself as valuable as possible, I think that's very, very important. Agree 100%. So now I want to dive more into the video side of things. Um, talk to us now a little bit. Earlier you said that video is king. What exactly do you mean by that as far as like social media goes? I mean, podcasts are amazing. Audio is, is, is incredible. It's very intimate. On a podcast, we can go longer form. Mm -hmm. You know, people are working out right now. They're on the commute right now. They're walking to class right now. Like there's a chance to really be in your ears and change your thinking. But you know, and words are amazing. Books are amazing because you could get to know someone's heart and their vision and their tips and their strategies. And those are your real only options. I mean, you're either going to do words, pictures, audio, or video, which is just technically all the above. Yeah. Like it's the combination of everything. But when we talk about young smart money, we're talking about business and business forever and forever in the past and forever into the future will always come down to we do business with people we know, people we like, and people we trust. And when I think about video more than anything, I just think about it as an accelerator for business. Because one, people need to get to know you. And that's the essence of how much opportunity there is right now that People like me from a small town with no media connections, college trap, you know, nobody in my family was in Hollywood or not. You know what I mean? Like nobody was did it, doing anything of the sort of thing I'm doing. Now a million subscribers and I'm from Marysville, Washington. Like why? Because people can actually know who you are. They don't know you. And because of YouTube and YouTube search and social media, they can know, which is insane. Like they don't know your business. They don't know your project. They don't know your idea. They don't know your merch line. They don't know your music but you can get to know you. Video, in the news feed, there's the motion. It stands out more than anything else. You see the person, you can engage with it. On Twitter, there's the motion. On LinkedIn, there's the motion. Then when someone turns it on, they actually, it's kind of cool, it's the BS meter. I mean, they could then see, not just hear you, but see your face, see your facial expressions, see your emotions, see those other details. And then, of course, they get to hear you see you and then experience the words you use and the value you add in that video. 
So it's the most powerful content format. And sure, it comes with different challenges. Like producing a podcast is easier, like at some level and, and more sustainable or whatever things. But if you can figure out how to do video and no matter who you are, any business too, you can always, even if you only do one video, you could take one video like the Dollar Shave Club ad. You <laughs> could look that up and then run ads behind it or the Squatty Potty ad with the unicorn mm. and, and, and run ads and, and blow whole physical businesses up. Ecom biz businesses could massively leverage the right video. It doesn't have to be your regular content creator, but you do the right video. That's, that's actually a good book for the young hustlers listening. From Poop to Gold is the Harmon Brothers, one of the best uh, ad creating like kind of groups that even if you just create one video for your product, your service, and you run it in the right places, it can go viral and completely blow up your business. So that's where I get fired up about video because um, it's, it's just so powerful. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought up the Harmon brothers. They're doing some amazing, amazing stuff with video. And I'm just like, every time they release a new piece of content, I'm just blown away by what they're able to do. Cause it's really, really impressive stuff. 100%. And yeah, so, so video is king. And, and again, it's, you don't necessarily have like, you want to go to your strength too. And mm -hmm. you want to go to your time and your season of life. I've got a friend, uh, like you, uh, uh, college quarterback, 21, I think he's about to turn 22, already built a six-figure business, name's Brock Johnson. Um, and he's got a, a sick podcast, uh, Social Media Moneymakers, and he, and he also does a podcast with his mom, Shalene Johnson, uh, oh, called, shoot, yeah. called Build Your Tribe. And uh, Brock is, again, He's in a season. He's got his YouTube, but he's trying to do. But he he'll he'll go dark on his stuff for six months because he's going to focus fully on football. And then he gets back in it, and it's it's encouraging too because a lot of us as hustlers were like, oh man, could we still succeed, bro? Six figure business, man, in a year, like a couple years in a row now. And so, like, you just got to pick the vehicle that's right for you, the vehicle that is right for you in the right season. But as you know, of course, I'm bullish on people using video over any other format and, and YouTube especially. Absolutely. So talk to us now about some of the biggest mistakes you see early creators making because I'm sure you see the same things time and time again. What are some of those, those early mistakes that you see new creators making? Man, the biggest mistake most creators are making right now is they're selfish and they're self-focused. They're not audience focused and and really what i mean is the allure of youtube it's like yo i'm gonna be a vlogger and my life is gonna i'm just gonna flex you know i'm gonna travel and don't you want to see how cool my life is and that's the wrong approach you want to approach it like even to say though that there is value in some of that and it's entertaining everyone wants to do that and really what their motive is, is like hey wait how can i use social media to just support my lifestyle as opposed to starting basically target audience first, customer first, which I believe is just a better place as a human to, you know, to be. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm a saint here. Obviously we all have selfish, like we, we do want to build our things and we want to make money. But like you, the biggest mistake is you want to think about actually the target audience. What would they, what are they looking for? What do they want? You've clearly done that here because you've got a clear promise, a clear show, a clear brand, clear value. And, and people are not listening to this, 
even though they're getting to know you and they're getting to like have, and they, and as they know you, they want to hear more about you and learn about you and like learn your tips and all that stuff from all the stuff you've learned. But again, they're here for the value. Like they're listening right now because it's impacting their life. So put that down and really figure out, okay, who is it that I want to reach? The biggest, another mistake is people try to reach everybody. They don't get real clear on their vision of what their channel is. They're like, I'm going to do a vlog channel. I'm going to do like challenges on it. And, and like, and then who's it for? Which is everybody, man. Cause I'm the funniest in the world. You're like, all right, well, good luck. Like, we'll see how that goes. But when you get clear and you also, I think another, the, the third one would be even with that is not, is being afraid to niche down and get very specific. Everyone wants to go general because they're like a multi-passionate. But if you're passionate about BMX, uh, you know, writing and tricks and, you know, hip hop and like whatever and movies, do not try to put those all into one YouTube channel. That would be three different YouTube channels and you shouldn't try to run three because if you try and chase three rabbits at once, you'll end up catching none of them. Say, which one are you most passionate? A, a straight up BMX tricks. Like if, you, if you're good and you put out content and like it helps other people learn how to do the tricks, then that channel will just succeed. Like I just, pro- it just will. Like it'll just grow because even for the, all the competition out there, people will be like, okay, the reason I'd subscribe is because you're like interviewing dope writers, you're teaching me tricks, it's all about BMX. But then if, if every other video, you're like, all right, I'm gonna review the new, you know, Yay album or like whatever. <laughs> and they're like, well, dude, I thought this was BMX. Furthermore though, you create a hip hop uh, channel and you're, you're breaking down, you know, creative ways of either review, like, you know, the needle drop is a, is a YouTube channel that just reviews a lot of music or someone who's even explaining hip hop, whatever, then that's all a niche, all hip hop culture dope. That would be a good YouTube channel. But then again, if you try to review uh, Avengers Endgame and like talk to all the things, no, that's on the movie channel. And too many people are running in multi, and, and the problem, and this is why it's a huge mistake for YouTube, is YouTube right now wants to do a couple of things. Number one, stereotype your channel. YouTube wants to be able to say, okay, this is a BMX channel. But if you confuse YouTube, then you're going to lose. If you confuse, you lose. Because they're like, wait a minute, it's BMX, but it's Avengers Endgame. And that's not to say, you're like, Sean, there's exceptions to the rule. Well, good luck with that. Because there's, there is minimal exceptions. But like for the proven principles of growing on YouTube, having that niche, you know, in internet marketing, they say the riches are in the niches having that clear niche. But YouTube wants to know, what is your channel about? One thing. And then your audience, though, is clicking that subscribe button for a certain reason. So the worst thing you could do is they click subscribe because they're like, dude, BMX tricks, this is sick. And then they keep swiping on the next day and they're like, wait a minute, why is this guy talking about Kanye, dude? I hate that guy, you know, or whatever. And then like they keep swiping and they're like, Adventures Endgame, unsubscribe. Because I, I, I mean, I thought more BMX stuff was coming my way, but apparently it's not. So having really a narrow channel is the most predictable way to grow successfully on YouTube about a specific thing that serves a specific people person that really taps into a pre-existing audience. Too many people are like, should I try to create uh, like a whole new niche? There's not a lot of people. I'm like, well, yeah, probably not. In Seth Godin's book, Tribes, which is a classic and essential for, I think, understanding the internet, he talks about you don't create tribes you actually stand up as a leader in a pre-existing tribe. 
Meaning when you start the, you didn't create the BMX movement or like it could be skateboarding. You say, this is already a tribe. There's already tons of skaters. And then when you really understand tribes, you might understand that there's all types of different variations within it. So then you realize, okay, I'm going to start a YouTube channel that is tapping into this movement. And even though there's a bunch of other people, I'm just going to bring my two cents. And it makes sense because guess what? Now YouTube can suggest your channel around other content. And one thing that we feel, we're afraid of competition. Like, oh, there's already too many other people doing it. It's a good thing, man. Because anyone who's really a passionate, what it is, is evidence that there is a passionate tribe of basically consumers. And anybody who loves something wants more of it. I mean, I know I do. Like, I can't stop studying leadership and entrepreneurship and marketing. And I, and I love podcasts. Like, I'm excited to go through your library and, and check out some of your past episodes just because I'm always interested in this kind of stuff. Does that make sense? And, dude, you got a lot of competitors. So do I. You know what I mean? But you have a really clear brand with Young Smart Money. That's what people need to do, especially with video as well, is really you want to be known for one thing to get to break through. And then you can expand later on. I, I love that so much. And one thing that you mentioned there was competition. So when you're thinking about competition, how do you think about establishing your authority in a niche? If there's already people in this niche, how do you think about like, where are you going to fit in and how are you going to make a name for yourself when there's already these existing people in this space? It's really good. So, you know, I think one, Sally Hogsheads had this awesome quote and she wrote a book called Fascinate and she said, you know, to stand out online, different is better than better. Mm. And that's a rich quote because I think the first thing that, again, we want to stand out, but we look in the industry and YouTube, a big one would be like Casey Neistat is a great example because yeah. Casey Neistat on YouTube shows up and then everyone, he kind of pioneers a new style and then everyone just echoes the style. And the problem is he's being the best Casey Neistat possible, but you know, you were born an original, don't die a copy. You can't be better than Casey at the Casey style. Dude, he freak, it's just his DNA. What you want to do is you want to be you times two. You, different is better than better. Just being different in the space. But now, if we go deeper and we're like super practical, like if I was to look even, like yours, and here's a perfect example. Like there's no shortage of entrepreneur podcasts, but here's one way you're massively different, age a certain specific, you got to narrow down. You took it and this is hitting that young tribe. So that's what people could think of. So you're getting specific in age. The other things that people can think of, and this just encourages in general, is that you really just got to get out and share your voice because mm -hmm. who you already are is different. And when you share your authentic voice, and let me, your age, your ethnicity, your gender. So for example, even when it comes to people who to teach like YouTube, my competitors, if you will, and I'm pretty much friends with like all of them. So you got like Daryl, Nick and Tim and Owen and Brian and uh, Roberto and a lot of, so I like, I got a lot of, you know, but what I've learned is that people end up kind of just, they pick like your vibe attracts your tribe. We all have different styles. We all have different. So when you just are you, uh, my friend, Steve Dotto, has a podcast on the opposite spectrum of yours. It's called Gray Matters. He's helping people figure out how to make money online that are retired, that are baby boomers. So like, arguably, you could say, well, he's doing the exact same thing as you, so one of you don't matter. No, because you're hitting a different, 
a, a different demographic, a different audience. And some people, they're just not going to like your vibe, man. They're not going to like your headband. Like yeah. just straight up. I like your headband. You know what I mean? You're like, but for real, like people don't like my hair or like they want. And so if they might want to follow somebody that has a different cultural background, again, a different gender speaks from it from a different perspective. And I guess I brought up my YouTube competition because besides a few people like Sunny and like Vanessa and Jessica, there's very few girls. So even on my team in the YouTube space for women. And so even on my team, Heather uh, is now kind of coming on the Think Media channel and she's sharing some content. But we recognize there's even just, you can maybe see that there's space like, man, there hasn't been like a woman's voice on this. So you feel like everyone's already talking about the same stuff, but like whatever. And then the last thing that's probably just the icing on the cake is that the world is so much bigger than we realize. It's so much more crowded than we realize uh, or, 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 crowded, but like also not crowded because there's just such a high volume of people. I think, you know, it's like 8 billion people in the world now. And the internet already has like 4 billion people online and 2 billion are coming online in the next couple of years. These numbers are so staggering to be able to sell enough of your product or your coaching or your course or your thing. Like it can happen right in the past couple weeks. It's been stunning to me because I'm in the internet marketing space. I see these different guys do like launches of digital products. And simultaneously, there is so many launches happening as we record this podcast that it's been an interesting year for me. Like, wait a minute, these are all, but they're just hitting entirely different demos. Like, and, and, and there's crossover as well. And like, maybe on a macro, everyone's sales are down a little bit, but there's so many people like no one's are down at all. So it's, I think that's something to really just consider that you pretty much just got to be bold. You got to get in the game. And the final thing I'll say is that if you just really focus on adding real value, like if you really make it practical and just say, oh, I've identified my audience, I'm going to add real value. I'm going to build a brand that when people encounter my content, I'm brief, you know, be brief, be bright, be fun and be done or whatever. Like they get it. It's valuable. In this case, maybe it's long form. Like you're getting value. When you deliver that over time, cream always rises to the top, no matter how many cups of coffee you pour. Mm. I love that so much. I love that so much. So Sean, earlier, a little bit earlier, you mentioned um, some stuff relating to the YouTube algorithm. And I get a lot of people asking me about like algorithm things. And obviously, I know nothing about YouTube. Um, so talk to the listener now who maybe has started putting out video content on YouTube, and it's just not getting the traction that they want behind it. They see other people in their niche having some success, their content's just kind of falling flat. What are kind of some of the most important maybe metrics or like aspects of like the YouTube algorithm that you think people should be focusing on when they're just starting out? I like this question because recently there has been a lot of shifts, especially because YouTube just updated the back end of YouTube. Now it's called YouTube Studio Beta where you yeah. see your analytics. And, they, and that's new technology. The last time they built it, it was the original Creator Studio it was a decade ago. Oh. And now there's the kind of new insights so you can see what YouTube wants. But what's interesting, um, they also have recently said that like tags uh, don't carry weight like once they want, uh, used to, or they don't matter at all, quote unquote. But here's what's interesting, because you can look at like a Casey Neistat, he has zero tags and his videos are fine. However, I did get some really great information that was kind of just back channel conversations and it was this, if your channel's brand new though, you really need to be good at metadata. So what I mean is like out the gate, you want to make sure your titles, your descriptions, and your tags 
are clearly showing YouTube that you have a BMX tricks channel. Mm. And then what you want to do is double down with consistency around that and let it see. You're almost like it's machine learning. You're seasoning the pixel. You're seizing the algorithm that, uh, that your channel is about this. And then tags actually eventually don't matter. And what matters is the title and the thumbnail because they go, okay, we get it. We know what your channel is about. And, and, and now they've stereotyped you for better or worse, but then you can really rock it in your niche. So I think that clarity is one of the most powerful things you can have to grow on YouTube. That's why being so specific, if friends are frustrated, like why is it not growing? One of the things to check is like, if you're sending YouTube, like in relationships, like the girl's like, yo, yo, you're sending me mixed signals. You know, like, I, you're like, what? Well, same thing with YouTube. Like, yo, you're sending me mixed signals. Like, what the heck is your channel about? You know, uh, all these different videos. But when you start building momentum, and then I think there's, there's, there's a couple X factors, easier said than done. But one, it's been kind of measured over time that you do need a breakout video. And you, it makes sense because when you have a breakout video, then new subscribers, like, the rich get rich. It's actually an ancient scripture that says like he who has, uh, you know, or, or what was it like? Even he who has, who have more, he who does not have even what he has will be taken from him. Meaning like, and it's like this idea of the rich get richer. And it's this, it's this life principle. That's actually really true. It just sucks. But it's like, yeah, it's like, well, well, wait a minute. They already have subscribers who are getting more. And you're like, well, yeah, I mean, you can complain about it, but you need to like prime that channel. Cause it makes sense. Well, how do I even get the first minute of watch time. How do I even get, well, you got to hustle. You got to grind. You, 